Rebirth of Venus. I'm Caitlin Matanley, and I'm a spiritual mindset coach, a personal development junkie, an all-around Venus worshiper, and a powerful witch. I'm here to talk dirty about evolution, revolution, and how to embody the archetype of Venus, original bad bitch, every damn day. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by The Chariot. The Chariot is my four-week program to move you towards a massive, unexpected, unbelievable quantum leap. Have you ever wanted to change something so badly that you actually dared to dream it was possible for you? And then so-called reality sank in. Well, fuck that. I've made countless, massive shifts in my life, and each time, people told me that what I was dreaming of was impossible or foolish. And guess what? I'm so grateful that I ignored them, that I dared to ignore the realists and decided to live life on my own terms. You see, none of these shifts took years. In fact, slow shifts aren't really my thing. Each time, I changed my life practically overnight, and these moments These enormous shifts, these massive changes in short periods of time, are what we call quantum leaps. And baby, quantum leaps are what I'm here for. Quantum leaps are the kinds of things that can happen when you decide the up level is here. They're the decisions that average people call impulsive, erratic, or irresponsible. But if you're in my world, I know you don't want an average life. You want an extraordinary life. And extraordinary actions lead to extraordinary results. But only always. You can rewrite the personal history that you've created and create something that no one could have imagined you were headed towards. You get to determine what's next. You are able to decide that your life changes today. You can choose that the thing you know you need to do, maybe it's a career change, a big move, a breakup, a going-to-change-everything conversation, a business launch, a healing. Maybe it's a not sure what it is yet, but damn, something has to change because I just can't do this anymore moment. You get to choose that all of that gets put into motion now. And so I'm so, so pleased to introduce The Chariot. So in the tarot, the chariot is the card of momentum. It is the card of what happens when you approach the wild horse of your life and decide to finally take the reins. It's the internal and external shift from trying to tame the horse from the ground to sitting proudly atop it as you gallop into the distance at a speed well beyond that which you could have reached by your own two feet. It's what happens when you step the fuck up. It's what happens when you finally show up for yourself and fully embody an elevated state. It's the realization that the time is always now, and you can change your life in an instant. You are four weeks to your quantum leap. The time is always now. Your chariot awaits. For more details, visit rebirthofvenus.com slash the chariot. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Rebirth of Venus. Oh, I have to preface it today with, I I don't know what's happening. There's some kind of like techno dance party happening 
in my in this next street over yes I can hear it from my apartment and yes I just sounded about 80 years old when I said techno dance party <laughs> who would think that I've been to Burning Man four times I totally am here griping about the techno dance party <laughs> anyway so welcome to the show today it's a holiday weekend here in Mexico City or a holiday week um I mean, I've told you before, nobody parties like the people here. <laughs> so it has been, I mean, there's always a lot of like loud music and things during the day in my neighborhood, but this week has been insane. I literally think a rave is happening right now. It's 1.15 in the afternoon. Um, it's a holiday week, Semana Santa. So the funny thing is that actually means that the city kind of empties out because everybody goes to the beach. I myself am going to the beach tomorrow. And um, it's just kind of funny. I guess the people who stuck around decided to uh, rave. <laughs> so anyway, I want to talk really candidly today. I mean, do I ever do anything but talk candidly about things? But I want to really, really talk candidly today about excuses. And, you know, this is something I've talked about before. This is actually really a cornerstone of my work with the archetype of Venus. Um, because when I started working with Venus, I was getting all these messages, these sort of downloads. I like to imagine them being directly from her. And uh, they a lot of them really, really, really fell under the heading of stop your bullshit, stop making excuses, do the thing. And it's kind of funny, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, so if you've been listening for a while, this isn't new to you. But it's funny because, you know, a lot of the depictions of Venus or of goddess energy in general, you know, are this kind of like wispy maternal energy. And and the representations of Venus that appeared to me were not like that at all. She was, there's a reason I always call her the original bad bitch, because she was like, okay, girl, so this is what you're this is where you're not showing up fully for yourself and this is where you're making excuses and this is where you're really just not doing your best and you know better so do better and it wasn't about this you know oh you have to like be better and I've talked about this before as well it was more of an idea of of that you could reveal or I could reveal who I truly was by achieving what I've since coined the sacred pleasure of my highest potential. It was, you know, doing my best at the things that mattered to me, not the things that I didn't give a shit about. <laughs> um, this wasn't about like the guilt around, I should be doing this differently. I should be doing this differently. Instead, it was about the fact that like deep in my heart, I knew I wasn't showing up in ways that really mattered to me. And I was making excuses for that and I could do better. So it wasn't about guilt. It was more about wanting or or striving towards a reality where I wanted to really operate at my highest potential because it was a pleasure because living on this earth in this lifetime is a pleasure and a privilege and that really switched my mindset around this because you know I'm a self-proclaimed self-development junkie and I I mean really like <laughs> this is going to sound so nerdy and I don't even care um but <laughs> developing myself, and I, I was laughing as I was saying in my head, developing myself, because that's like literally 
the worst term I could imagine. So let's substitute something else more poetic. <laughs> while I guess I'm like working on myself again, that sounds terrible. It doesn't sound like something I want to do. I guess while I guess what I really am trying to say is that um, digging deep into my shit and improving myself in ways that are meaningful to me is one of my favorite hobbies. It always has been like always since I was sneak reading self-help books in the library in elementary school. I was always fascinated with the world of personal development, always fascinated with this idea that like we could use our routines and our mindsets and our thoughts to, and this was even before I knew what the law of attraction was, but that we could use our routines, our thoughts, our beliefs, our ideas to change and to be better. And that was just always interesting to me. But of course, there's a dark side because so many people constantly, constantly, constantly seek and they never feel like it's enough. And so you have to kind of approach it from this perspective that of course you're enough. Of course you're deserving. Of course you are perfect the way you are. And, not but, but and, there is this sort of layer of grime that can be removed, that keeps you from achieving your highest potential. This is, you know, the mindsets that are disempowering passed on from our parents. This is the brainwashing that occurs in the media. This is all of the messages we receive that tell us that either we can't be successful without buying something or we can be successful, but that success only means a certain thing. And I'm not sure which is worse, honestly, because both of them approach self-development from a place of disempowerment, of this idea that like you need to be fixed, which I don't believe at all. And I mean, Venus is not about either, not at all. So I hope that kind of clarifies my perspective on self-development because it has, it, that has in itself developed over the years because, you know, I have had periods of time where I had to take a step back from, you know, the books I was reading and like the courses I was taking because I was starting to feel like I wasn't good enough the way I was and I had to go inward. And so none of this information, even the information on this podcast or the information I present in any of my courses or um, anything I say online, anything, it should never take the place of your personal sense of intuition, sense of what's right for you and sense of most importantly, just what you care about, what you want to do, you know? I actually had a little like mini conversation with somebody in a Facebook group earlier today, I think it was, and she was, she posted like, what is the metaphysical meaning? This isn't a quote, like this is what I remember. Something like, what is the metaphysical meaning behind like your house always being dirty? Um, and oh my God, the music has just gotten like so freaking loud. So if you hear it, just enjoy it. Anyway, moving on. So um, it was, she said, what is the metaphysical meaning behind like my house always being dirty? Like, why do I want, because we were talking about shadow work, like, which really the basis is, the basis of it is like, why do I want this? <laughs> which is a heavy question, although not so heavy when we're talking about like your messy house. So she was rightfully so asking like, why don't I want this? why don't I want a clean house? And people had really great perspectives on that. And I chimed in and I said, okay, well, usually I'm the first one to suggest a metaphysical approach. And in fact, like, please consider that in this situation. However, maybe you just don't give a shit about cleaning. 
and I and I confessed. Well, I wasn't confessed. I was very open about it. When I finally was honest with myself that I hate cleaning and I never wanted to do it again. Yes, I don't quite live in a world yet where I never have to do it, but I'm getting there. I outsourced cleaning once a week to someone and I made that a priority, you know, because like I had the story that like I couldn't afford it, blah, 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 which wasn't really true. I wasn't making it a priority because I was really attached to my guilt around it. <laughs> That's a whole nother story. But I basically said, you know, once I acknowledged that to myself and I acknowledged that um, this was not something I desired to be good at, I realized that I actually had this shadow desire that like keeping a clean home was my duty as a woman, which is like so shadow because I'm a total feminist. I was raised by parents that I'm sure would describe themselves as feminist. Like I never got messages that like that was my job. I mean, sure, in reality, like, maybe my mom did more cleaning. Maybe. I actually can't even say that for certain. They both cleaned. Like, this was such a shadow feeling that was literally just culturally conditioned. It wasn't con conditioned by my friends, by my family, nothing. And that was, like, so creepy to me because I was like, how could I, of all people, have this desire? So anyway, my point, my point here is that, you know, you have to, when, 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 deciding what you're actually going to go for what you're actually going to like do better on that actually is something that matters to you and she laughed because she was like that's a really good point <laughs> maybe I don't give a shit you know and it's fine not to give a shit sure like that's always benefiting you, you in some way but like we don't always have to overcomplicate it so keep all this in mind when in my conversation today about excuses so the thing is I've been thinking really, really, really deeply and not just thinking, like talking and writing on the idea of massive change because, of course, my um, upcoming four-week course, The Chariot, is in the middle of its launch. Um, we start April 26th, so definitely check it out. There's a link in the show notes you can click on um, if you're interested in learning more about that. But um, I, you know, I was really thinking and looking at my life and looking at the changes I've made. And, I've re and I recognize that for me, making big epic changes has always been easier than making the smaller ones. And I was wondering why that was. And I realized like this is a different type of change. You know, for me, like my currency in change is quantum leaping. Like I can totally shift in a huge, huge way overnight, either seemingly overnight or actually overnight, you know? I don't believe that like when people come to me with like big things they want to do, I don't believe that they're impossible. In fact, I know they're possible because I've either done them or people close to me have done them because I'm, I mean, honestly, I've surrounded myself with people who have like, you know, gone against the odds or have done things that are unbelievable because I want to constantly be pushed to do that myself. And so I recognize that like people are so good, myself included, and making excuses. And that something in me was different. That when it come, came to the big things, I was not available for those excuses in the same way as I was in the smaller steps, which of course lead to big things as well. So let me explain. So I am, okay, part of it is my spiritual practice because I have a spiritual practice and I am clairvoyant and clairsalient but that's like not important clairsalience is like the least sexy of the clairs 
it's like psychic smell. <laughs> so not going to go into that one right now. That was the least sexy one, although it is my strongest one. Um, basically means like I can smell something and get a vision of like the person who owned it or like a deep feeling of what happened with it or just like I smell weird things that aren't there that are messages from the unknown. You know, like smelling ghosts. Anyway, we're going to move on against that. So, But the thing is with clairvoyance is that for me, like my clairvoyance isn't developed um, because I haven't really put like the effort into developing it really. It's not developed in terms of like other people really. I can only see future visions of my own life or I can see them of others if it's related to my own life. Like I always know if I see the vision, it's probably almost definitely related to my life somehow. Um, so I can like intuit that somebody is going to be in my life in the future if I have a future vision of them and I know I'm sitting there in the vision, if that makes sense. So here's the thing. Because of that, in these big times of change for me, I often would see a vision. And you might be like right now, like, okay, Caitlin, that's really not helpful for the rest of us who aren't fucking psychics. Sort of. Hear me out. Here's the thing I realized about a vision. So this is going to be kind of like further unsexifying psychicness. <laughs> psychicness is not a word, but you get my point. Um, I actually believe that time is not linear. The time, well, the shape of time is irrelevant. Like, but I like to picture it like a spiral staircase. And we're constantly kind of coming back to the same themes from a different level of, of like, because we have different lessons, different information. And I also see time as something that like it spirals up and down. So you can think of it in terms of like forward in time and backwards in time constantly. It's like a moving spiral and like a rotating double helix maybe. And so actually I believe that time is a conversation between the future and the present. And so for example, I actually believe that if you have the desire to do something, on one hand, it's like meant for you. You could think of it as like sent from God, if you believe in God. But it's also like sent from your future self, who is the divine. Now I'm getting like super, super deep. So just like if some of this is, if you feel like some of this is not making sense to you, I encourage you just to like lean back and just listen and just like see what, what your soul resonates with and just leave the rest, okay? This doesn't often make sense. By listening to it, you can like absorb this information on a soul level, even if in your head it is illogical or confusing. Okay, so don't so don't don't stop this podcast just yet. Really, hear me out. So it's like a conversation, and so sometimes when we have these visions, or maybe for you, it's like a deep feeling. Um, it's something from the future, it's like being sent back to you. It's like something so big is happening in the future that it's sort of sending ripple effects backwards in time to you in the present. And so it's kind of like getting a phone call from your future self. But a phone call that's like a little bit hard to hear because unless you are very developed or unless you're like naturally really highly functioning in this area, it's probably like a little hazy or like, you only see certain things, blah, 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 blah. You don't see like the path, things like that. Okay, so for me, I would get those things with these big shifts, these big changes, these quantum leaps. And so it was easier for me to have faith because 
I quickly developed a practice of blindly taking action on those visions and it working out, basically. So I developed that faith over time. And so because of that, I recognize that I have like a natural confidence in this area that most people don't. And of course, because I'm fascinated by like self-development and I'm also, I also believe that everyone is psychic and I believe that everybody's intuitive and I believe that these are actually natural capabilities of the human brain and probably the animal brain too, but I just like have never really thought about that. I started looking at ways I could like teach other people to do this and sort of standardize this, if that makes sense. And that's actually what, where the chariot course came from. And actually, this is a good time to mention, um, I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes, but actually next week, if you're listening to this, like when it comes out next week, I'm actually hosting a free three day training on a lot of these same themes. So, um, if you're intrigued by this idea of quantum leaping and you're, I, you're intrigued by this idea of creating massive change in your life quickly, these are a lot of the same themes I talk about in the chariot. Um, but we're going to be talking about them in a different light next week i encourage you to sign up for the free training it's three days you'll get the recording sent to you if you can't make it live but if you can make it live there are there's an opportunity for you to ask questions get coaching on the call not not a call on in the class things like that so um i've got like a lot coming up for you on these topics because this is something i'm really really excited about really passionate about so back to what i was saying um so I started looking at like, how can I teach this to people? And I realized I could because these were energetic concepts. Now we're all at different levels with energetic concepts. So what a good way to look at it is this. Most of you have probably taken a yoga class at least once in your life, maybe many times. Think about inevitably in that yoga class, your teacher says something like this. Okay. Let's say you're like stretching your hips or whatever the, the part of your body you're stretching was. The teacher probably said something like, breathe into your hips. Now, when she or he said that, one of two things probably happened. You either thought like, oh, okay, and you did it, or you were like, what the fuck does that mean? To me, that's a really, really strong basis. Gives you a a strong idea for how naturally the idea of manipulating energy in your body comes to you. Because if you, because obviously you don't breathe in your hips, you breathe in your lungs, which is like your chest into like your diaphragm. In fact, if you've ever had like singing coaching, like if you ever worked with a vocal coach, maybe if you're a singer or if you're, sometimes even athletes work with like breathing coaches. Um, so that might also put some of you into the same category. The, the coach probably said something about like, breathe from your stomach or breathe from your chest, telling you to breathe from dirt in certain places. If you're not used to doing that, it doesn't make sense. So it's like that with all energetic concepts. For example, if you were one of the people who were like, breathe from my hips, that doesn't make any sense. You just need to teach your body and teach your brain to understand the idea that energy is something in your body of which breath is part of it because like yeah breath is something measurable but like energy is also something measurable so think of like this flow this movement in your body which breath is a part of it 
and other energetic concepts are also a part of that. And if you're able to like imagine breathing into a different part of your body and then feeling relief because of that or feeling like, oh, I feel a different breath because of that. An example of the vocal coach or, oh, I can stretch further because I've given length to that area, which is another thing they talk about in yoga classes, like create length. So it's like a physical thing happening, but you have to understand it in the mind in order to make it possible. So if you're one of the people who this didn't make sense to, you don't have to worry because you can actually train yourself to understand energetic concepts. So one thing I recognized, and and if you're someone who that made sense to, like actually this will probably come pretty naturally to you. So that's great too. Either one is great. Either one is perfect because we all have like certain areas that come more naturally to us and some others that don't. So actually in my work in the chariot, I I all of these energetic concepts I teach, which I if you're not if you have no idea what I'm talking about and you haven't like read about the chariot, each week, it's four weeks, each week we dive deep into like intellectual and spiritual concepts through journaling, through um, neurolinguistic programming through these other techniques. But we also do a meditation that teaches you a new energetic concept that supports you in your growth and in your development of change and your welcoming of massive change and the ability of you, of your body, of yourself to receive that change quickly. So the energetic concepts, I actually teach them in a variety of ways because we learn differently. So for a visual learner, for example, this idea of like breathing into a part of your body, which this isn't something we teach and we learn in the chariot. This is my example. The idea of breathing into your body, you're going to think of it in terms of a visual. You're going to picture that part of your body, body and imagine the breath going into it. And naturally, your physical body will follow. If you're a kinesthetic learner, you're going to feel that going into that area. So those are just two examples. So I've gone off on a little tangent here. <laughs> Let's get back to excuses. So the reason I wanted to talk about this energetic, all these energetic ideas is that I realized that I was somebody who could create really big change relatively easily in my life. Not to say, okay, not easily, but simply. It's like, just because it's simple doesn't mean it's easy. That's more accurate. <laughs> because, of course, like, my, my, my mind often had issues with things that were happening or, like, my ego, you know. And I realized that the reason I was able to do that was because of my grasp on the energetics and my grasp on having a vision for my future, both of which I, rec- I later learned were things that could be taught and I developed a way to teach them. So here's the thing about excuses. The reason people create excuses so, so Say you have something huge in your life you want to change so badly and you like believe it's possible or you don't even believe it's possible. You're like daring to believe it's possible. You're thinking like, is maybe this is possible for me. Is this possible? Like maybe I could have this. Am I crazy? Like in that phase (laughs) of like, because that's a phase we all go through when we want to change something big. So You have this thing you know you need to do. And sometimes it's something that you know would change your life so drastically for the positive. It's like so obvious. Sometimes it's a really big shoe in Like 
duh, it's obvious you need to do the thing. But you're still scared, which is fine, and that's normal. Sometimes it's less obvious, and it's like, ah, something's off, and I think this is what it is, but I'm so scared because I don't know, and blah, blah, blah. One of the things that holds you back, one of the reasons you create excuses, is because you don't have a vision. And I talked earlier about like a clairvoyant vision. I'm not saying you need to have that. But what do you think of when I say the word vision? Do you think of like literally picturing it in your head? Do you think of it coming to you like, you know, in a spiritual way? Or do you think of it yourself just visualizing it? When you imagine your future, this is actually a really good test. Say you imagine your future in a job, for example, or in a relationship. So those are two really big areas for a lot of people. I'll bet you have had this experience where you were like, you just couldn't imagine it. Here's the thing. If you can't imagine it, it's not going to happen. For example, maybe you're in a job that's just like not right for you. And, and, and you realize that like, oh, you just can't really picture or imagine where your career is going. Because intuitively, you know, at the soul level, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know that like in five years, it's not going to work out if you don't make it happen sooner, which like, let's make it happen sooner because we deserve to be happy now. You'll need, you never need to wait. There's no such thing as the right time. The right time is always right now. Always, 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 always. This idea of like divine timing is bullshit. And I believe in a higher power. And I still think it's bullshit because I think that like, I think you are divinely destined to be happy and fulfilled now in this moment because this present moment is all we have the future is an illusion the past no longer exists so it doesn't make sense that like your happiness would have to be put off to the future on a spiritual level like that makes no sense so the time is always now there's no such thing as like oh it wasn't the right time like that is an excuse that is an excuse you really mean that you didn't want it at that time and that's fine that's completely fine. But saying like, oh, it didn't work out because it wasn't the right time is an excuse because there are there are countless examples of people who have done things like, okay, for example, who have like started successful companies in economic depressions or have, you know, um, done like that. That's a classic example because that's such a clear bad time that a lot of people make excuses for like oh it wasn't the right time or for in relationships like oh it just like wasn't meant to be I actually believe that like anything can be meant to be if you want it to be if you decide it is I mean of course in a relationship it requires more than one person and they might not agree but <laughs> you know you can't control someone else's ideas or beliefs or desires but you can control your own or you can not control your own. That's not the right word. You can listen to your own and respect your own. And so, like, usually when you say it wasn't the right time, it's that, like, no, it wasn't the right time for you to do it because you didn't want to do it. Right? So that's, like, a classic excuse. <laughs> so, again, this goes back to not having a vision. So if you don't have a vision, if you can't picture it, and maybe you're a visual person, so you do picture it, like, you can visualize things whether on a spiritual level or not, like it can be literally as simple as like closing your eyes, imagining a picture, you know, like don't overcomplicate it. Maybe you're a more kinesthetic person where you can like feel it. Or like when you are physically doing something, you have like reverse deja vu. That's a very common skill that kinesthetic learners have. Like 
I believe deja vu is like, again, it's like one of those ripples in time you're experiencing from the future, from the past. And if you're a kinesthetic person, because usually when we experience deja vu, it's in doing something. And if you're somebody who learns by doing things, you're naturally more attuned to that quality, that energetic quality of like feeling like, oh, I've, I've done this before. And like, or sometimes deja vu is something you're going to do later on. You know, like, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I definitely have. I've had deja vu and I couldn't place what from. And then the same exact thing happened in the future. And then I got like the other deja vu. If this is feeling like super trippy for you, just ride it. It's totally cool. So if you don't have a, if you don't have a vision, a really loud notification just came up. Sorry about that. Um, if you don't have a vision, you can't do something. Like, end of story. The thing is, you can create a vision. So if it's something that you really do desire to accomplish, you can play with creating the vision for it. So most people either do this through visualization or through scripting. Visualization, we know what that is. It's obvious. Scripting is basically the same thing, but through written, written word. So you're basically writing out, okay, for example, like, your, where you see yourself in five years. You know, that's a common scripting exercise. Writing your perfect day five years from now. Writing it all out, writing it all writing it all out. As you're writing it out, one of two things should happen. If it's, if it's right, if the vision's right, you either feel it and or you can see it in your mind's eye. Maybe both, but at least one or the other. You can't do either. I mean, something's off in the vision. And you can shift that, you know, so you can look and be like, okay, which of these details just don't feel right? You know, again, it's not overcomplicating. You can't fuck this up. You can't do it wrong. It's just like trying to get it to a place where it feels more real. Maybe you're like, oh, I actually don't want this thing I thought I always wanted. Excellent news. Like, that's actually so good because then we can shift all that energy that you've been putting towards trying to make something happen you didn't actually want to putting the thing you want to happen happen. And that's so much easier. So you need a vision. And when I talk about vision, part of that too is if you've never seen someone do it, you don't think it's possible either. And so that results in excuses too. So if you're like, oh, okay, here's an example. And I hope I don't like piss anyone off with this because I can't actually personally relate to it, but it's a really common one. Like, oh, but I have kids. Okay, I don't have kids. So I, yes, I fully acknowledge that I don't know exactly what it's like. And I also fully acknowledge that I do know what it's like from talking to friends, from experiencing being around my friends with kids. Like, I don't know exactly what it's like, but I have an idea. It's really fucking hard. Like, I get it. You have to, like, deal with little munchkins running around. Like, or maybe they're not running. They're just crying. I don't know. But it's hard, you know. And I understand that. And I know personally so many people who even though they were parents, new parents, they did the thing that they knew they needed to do. They started successful businesses. They changed careers. They did, they left their partner. Like they did these crazy things that you're supposedly not able to do with kids. This is all lies. None of this is true. So if you're making that excuse, you have to ask yourself, like, do I actually want to do the thing I'm making excuses for why I'm not doing? And if I do actually want it, like, 
look for examples. That can be really helpful at first, looking for examples of people who have done it. And you know what? If you need help with this, I am like totally the queen at this, partially because I like have amazing friends. But if you actually are struggling with this, send me a message. You can always direct message me on Instagram at rebirth underscore of Venus. It's the easiest, fastest way to get in touch with me. Say, okay, I want to do this thing. I don't think it's possible. I have no one in my life who's done it. And I will literally find an example or find examples of someone who's done it to send to you to be inspired by. And then, you know, when I, because there have been times where I've had to do things or I've done things that I hadn't seen done before that I knew intellectually people did, of course, but I didn't have like, because here's the thing, even if you intellectually know it happens, if you don't have the example in your life, either of a personal friend or even just like, you know, someone you follow online who you have like even that like kind of digital relationship with that can also really help you see like oh they did it you know I'll be perfectly honest when I was in the process of my divorce I had one friend who had been through divorce but I I actually don't know why I didn't like reach out to her first I think I just like needed different advice maybe than I expected from her I don't actually know so I, the person I actually reached out for was someone who I had a casual relationship with who I had met through the internet, basically. We eventually had met in person, but I basically like knew them from the internet, more or less. And because like that was, the, for some reason, the first person who came to my mind. I think because like they lived a similar lifestyle to me, and my friend who had been through it like didn't. And so that was, you know, I think why I thought to reach out to that person. And having that example... And getting her advice of someone who is like, okay, they've done it. They are thriving. Like, they live a life I want to live, a lifestyle I want to live. I realized that, like, it wasn't, the world wasn't ending for me, that it was just, like, beginning, you know? So that gave me, like, a lot of hope and a lot of, you know, understanding. And a lot of just belief that, like, I wasn't crazy, that I wasn't going to regret this, that I was doing the right thing, you know? And so that's really important when you're creating your vision to both listen intuitively, but also it is important to look outside because seeing people who are actually doing those things stop the excuses. But here's the biggest thing about excuses. In order to quash your excuses and actually create epic change in your life, you need to want to. This is what I mean. So often, because like I loiter in a lot of Facebook groups and like give out free advice and like answer questions and oh my god I hope you just heard my stomach growl it was really loud that would be hilarious if the phone if the microphone picked that up um so I you know I hang out in a lot of groups and one thing I see happening so often is people asking questions and then people giving them really good responses and then just like shooting down every response and I've actually gotten to the point where I can tell from the way the person asks the question and they I can I can read their energy like through the internet, (laughs) like partially from just the words, but it's beyond that. I can just tell. I can tell like if someone really wants advice, if they're, as we say, coachable or teachable, or if they just like want to justification for their excuses. And I don't even respond if I think it's the latter because like I don't have time for that. And also, you know, nobody can change unless they're ready to. And it's also like not my, either my responsibility or my like they don't need me to give them advice that they don't actually want to take 
Like I, I respect people. I respect people's, um, how do I say this? I respect people's right to stay where they are actually. Like, and that might seem a little funny based on like everything I'm about, but I mean, there've been many times in my life where I was, I knew I had to change something and I wasn't ready, you know? And, and many of those times I, I needed someone and I found someone in the outside to like give me the like kick in the pants I needed. But there were other times where I wasn't even ready for that. And, you know, so I respect that. But I'm also like not going to waste my time either. <laughs> so anyway, so it's funny. And like people ask questions and then, OK, for example, this is like something, a question that I see multiple times a day. Like my Instagram isn't growing or something. You know, I don't know. Like a really cut and dry question. Like, what advice do you have? And, like, a bunch of people will give really good advice, actually, that I'm, like, saving for myself, you know? And then the person comes in, they're like, oh, but I can't do that. Or, like, oh, but I tried that and it didn't work and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, do you want, like, do you want to just, like, pile your excuses on top of your excuses? That's what you're doing. To really, really, if you're really sick of your excuses and you're really sick of, most importantly, not even your excuses, but not having the thing you want. You're going to listen and, like, do whatever it takes. Now, there's a difference between that and, like, if you hear something and you're like, oh, that's really not right for me, you know that. Like, you have to question yourself constantly. For example, you know, I've been doing, like, a lot of, like, I've been putting out, like, a ton of free content online, like, more than ever over the past few weeks. And I'm, like, really, really thriving on it and really enjoying it. But it was really scary at first to, like, get on live video all the time and, like, even get those videos on YouTube. And, like, my podcast is now available everywhere. And, like, you know, just, like, showing up in a much bigger way online. Um, and having people, like, paying attention more and my, you know, community growing and all these things. And it's funny because I knew it was what I had to do. And I knew I had fears around visibility, but I did, I started doing things anyway. And that was a really great way to work out the fears because like, I realized I actually enjoy doing some of these things. Awesome. And then I started actually a lot of things in the past. I was like, oh, I'll never do that. I actually was like, ah, I think I could actually do that now. Um, because my philosophy around it was changing because I was realizing I was sharing things of value and that like if there are more places people could find it, that's great and that serves the world. And I got like more clear in my mission. OK, for example, like starting a YouTube channel. Um, Rebirth of Venus is now on YouTube. It's a baby channel so far, but um, it's there, you know, and, and I will be creating content specifically for YouTube in the future. Right now I've got my lives that go on there. I will have actually the episodes of this podcast will be available on YouTube in the future. So like it's growing. Definitely go give me a subscribe if you're hearing this. Um, it's Rebirth of Venus, obviously. I think I have like no subscribers currently because I just started it. But like it was a scary thing for me. But it was something that in the past was like, I don't think that's for me. And in fact, that's why I started podcasting because I wanted to share my message with the world. And I was like, OK, I could get behind talking, but like having people watch me talk that's scary right <laughs> and I realized that it was stupid and it snowballed and I was like oh I was doing you know Facebook and Instagram lives more and I realized like oh that's really not any different from podcasting and actually I look pretty cute so like it's fine you know <laughs> I was like I had this idea that I would look stupid like what if I did look stupid like who cares people I'm human and people can relate to me better then you know and then I realized like oh YouTube is like not that much crazier than that 
So originally I had made excuses like that's not for me. But then in 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 organically building what I was doing, I realized I could do these things. But then on the other hand, there are other things that I was like, this isn't right for me, at least at this time. For example, like Facebook groups are very popular. I have no desire to create a Facebook group. I finally created a Facebook page because like it's really needed in order to like, you know, have things reach more people. But the reality is like nobody really uses Facebook pages more than just like to promote you know, their offers and to like, it's a great place to like have your live videos and things like that. But like, when's the last time you visited a Facebook page? I mean, at least for me, you know, so it's more of like a portal than anything else. And so I was like a Facebook group, like I'm really not jiving with that. So here's the thing, like, that's not an excuse because I'm like, that doesn't feel right for me at this time. I might change my mind in the future. And that's my point with all this. Like, whereas, okay, even with like starting a YouTube channel, if I tried to do that six months ago, Maybe I wouldn't, it wasn't right for me at the time, but then when it was right, it came back around and I was like, okay, I can do this on my terms. Like I don't have to be like a huge YouTuber. It doesn't have to be perfect. I can just like get my content up there and maybe it'll reach some people who don't follow me in other areas. So you have to be willing, you have to be willing to take advice, especially from people who have the thing you want. And I always say like, don't take advice from people who don't have what you want, because I mean, if someone's like, for example, you know, I talk about this with my, you know, actually on the sales page for the chariot, I talk about like all the things that people told me weren't going to work that I couldn't do. And I did anyway. <laughs> epic, epic quantum leaps that I was like, fuck you guys. I'm going to do my thing. So those were times that I recognized the person giving me the advice did not have the life I wanted. And this isn't like talking down about them. It's just they had a different life. You know, they didn't understand what I was doing. So it's important to take advice from the people who have what you desire and to, to, come, to combine that with your intuition, of course. But really questioning, like, is it my intuition that says this isn't right or am I just scared? Because if you're just scared, like, you can work through that. So, you know, excuses come from a lack of vision. They come from a lack of examples. They come from, it comes from a lack, not they, it comes from a lack of, of honesty about what we desire and excuses come from you know just a, a lack of willingness to take action which if you're honest about like I've already said it's honestly that's fine you know <laughs> like that's fine but if you're just saying you'll do whatever it takes and then like you're shooting down every suggestion that's not good you know and you have to at least acknowledge oh wow these things have worked really well for some people could it work for me Am I, because I'm afraid or because I don't understand this, am I turning down a potentially really good opportunity, you know? Um, and so that kind of goes actually back to having the examples of having the role models, whether they're like in your life actually, or like the internet's a beautiful thing. Many, most of my mentors are online. And it's amazing because I have access to people that I wouldn't otherwise have access to. So it's great. So... So yeah, that's part of the whole excuse thing too, you know? You have to be willing to drop your excuses. And I know you can do that. And so, you know, linking this back into, or linking this into, because I haven't really linked this yet today, into the archetype of the chariot. I'm always talking about archetypes. You know, for me, Venus is an archetype. I, I studied the tarot. 
and I practice tarot and I use tarot as a tool for self-transformation with my clients. And the chariot is one of the cards in the major arcana, which are like the big themes of the tarot. And it's always been a favorite card of mine. I've always resonated with it. And my interpretation of the chariot has been that it's the card of momentum. It's the card of what happens when you're like, okay, my life is fucking chaos, but I'm going to direct it now. You know, when you like, so in the, uh, in a lot of depictions of the chariot card, you see like a rider atop a chariot, <laughs> which is drawn by horses. And there are different depictions of the chariot. Um, so I picture it as, as like the card of what happens when previously those horses might have been they might be wild horses and like gonna gonna run around like dragging the chariot behind them but as soon as the rider gets atop the chariot or top the horses and takes the reins suddenly all of that energy that's been swirling around that wild energy can be focused so it's what happens when you move from trying to tame the horse the metaphorical horse of your life from the ground to sitting proudly atop it. And then, you know, you can actually go into the distance carrying your your treasures in your chariot, um, carrying yourself at distances far greater than you could have reached by your feet. And so it's like this alchemy of this wild energy with your own energy of focus. And to me, it's always been the card of stepping the fuck up, of stopping making excuses and recognizing that my, that my life can change now if I decide this is the moment of change, but it can't change until I decide. And there's no such thing as perfect timing. The time is always now. Your life can change in an instant. Your life can change today. The first part is making the decision. And of recognizing that our excuses aren't doing us any favors that they're keeping us small, they're holding us back, they're providing, you know, a framework for our fear to thrive. And like, I don't have time for that shit anymore. No, no, no. Now, this isn't to say I don't get scared. I'm scared like every day about something. Not like scared, like, like shivering in my boots. But (laughs) I mean, like, like intimidated, nervous, not sure if I can do it every day. Because like every day I try to push myself more and more from a place of love. Again, this isn't a pl- from a place of like, I'm not doing enough. Although I fall into that sometimes and that's something I'm working on because that's not helpful energy or empowering energy. And so I am teaching this program, this four-week program that is from my heart, that is literally where it's all the information that's gotten me to where I am now, which isn't like I'm on the top of the world. Of course, I still have goals and like big things I want to do in the world. But from a place where I know I can trust myself, I can listen to myself. And if something big has to change, I can change it. I don't have to be stuck. I don't have to take what I've been given. You know, like that's such a big theme in our culture, in modern society in general of like taking the scraps, taking what you've been given. And that's bullshit. You know, like so many people tell us that we, you know, that we should just be happy with what we have. And of course, gratitude is important, but that's not the, being grateful is not the same as being scared to change. You know, you can be grateful and still 
hold the vision for where you're going and take actions to get there. So people use like this fake gratitude as an excuse. It's an excuse to like, oh, like just be grateful for what you have. Isn't it ever enough? But they're using that as an excuse to stay small and do something that isn't serving their soul. And like, we don't need that. We can break through. And so the way it works, and you can read all about it in the link in the show notes, but I want to just like talk about it a little bit because these ideas are so important. And these are skills that will change your life once you integrate them and understand them. So we work together in an intimate group for four weeks. We have live video modules where you can get group coaching, all your questions answered. And of course, ongoing support throughout the program because we have an epic, epic, epic Facebook group, which I know not everybody's on Facebook, but I really am encouraging people to like even just make a dummy account for this because it's so, so transformative to be surrounded by a group of people who are engaging that same transformation because like I said like if you don't have the examples of how things are possible wow like this person's really fucking doing it it's really hard to feel like you can do it and so the community aspect is huge and of course of like your big sister over here being like drop the excuses you know you can do it so we start with getting clarity we start with getting clarity on on the next chapter you know some people come in and they know exactly what has to change, you know. We're focusing on a single change for the four weeks, although I guarantee you'll experience changes in other aspects of your life because change has a ripple effect throughout your life. You know, I know you know this from your own experience. It's not like one thing changes. When one thing changes, everything changes, especially if it's the big thing that's been holding you back. You know, I have a good friend who recently left a relationship of 10 years and she'd been kind of trying to leave it you know, trying in quotes, like she wasn't quite ready. And then, you know, she felt like she couldn't. And, you know, it's, we've all been there for, I think like the past year or more, you had really known it was time to go. And when, and she finally did, she finally left and moved out and all that, found her own place. And she was just like, oh my God, my entire life has opened up. Everything is so much easier now. And I said, you know, never underestimate the power of the big change you've been putting off because you just can't underestimate how much that sucks your energy, you know? I'm not saying your life's going to be perfect, but it's going to, you're going to be shocked at how things shift. So we need to get clarity on what needs to shift. And honestly, like, even if you don't join us for the chariot, you can follow this process just for yourself, you know, like listen to what I'm saying here and be like, how can I think on these ideas? And that'll get you started. So first we get clarity on what is the next chapter, what really needs to be changed. And that comes to, to creating the vision. You know, like I talked about, about how if the vision doesn't feel real, it doesn't feel possible, something has to shift. Maybe it needs to be, like, maybe we're thinking, I usually don't say you're ever thinking too big, but maybe you just need to, like, rein it in so it's more believable. So you can do that and then go on to the unbelievable thing. Maybe it's just that there's an element that isn't actually what you wanted, that you think you should want, you know, we, we get clear on all of that really quickly. And a big piece of this is cultivating self-trust. So it's cultivating this belief that, and this, and this capability of listening to your intuition and trusting it and knowing that if you want something, you can trust that. And that's a skill. And that's something you can learn. 
we dive deeper into the archetype of the chariot and how it paves the way for massive change. So I talk a lot about um, different aspects of the archetype that we can use as inspiration for our lives as we're going to new change. And then I also talk about the different types of quantum leaps and how we can harness the psychology and the energetics of those quantum leaps because most people have one that's easier than the other. So we go into that. Um, we learn the practical anatomy of massive change. So how, what it takes to create a blueprint for that change. This is like the physical plan. You know, and this isn't like a plan that's like, this isn't like a business plan. This is like, okay, what am I physically going to do? How can I do it? How can I reverse engineer what I desire? We talk about your quantum identity, which is imagining, you know, in a nutshell, we go much deeper in the program, but who is the version of yourself who has this thing and how can you tap into that in really meaningful ways and build a really invincible sense of self-worth in the process? We talk about dissolving resistance and recognizing that resistance is, is, is a valuable, important part of the process of change and what it can teach us. And we learn how to defend ourselves against, not defend ourselves, but overcome critical thoughts from ourselves and others and to get really clear and steadfast in our vision. And then we also learn energetic practices for protection during times of rapid change, for protecting parts of your life that maybe you aren't ready to change, protecting yourself from the sort of, the sort of onlooking of others. This isn't saying you're going to be totally invisible, but you can be energetically invisible in a way that allows you to shift quickly um, without other people putting all of their judgments, all of their fears into your energetic grid. And finally, we take action. We do this thing. We, we follow through on our plans. We fully show up for our, our up-level blueprint, as I call it. We handle the fears and the inner issues that come from diving into the unknown. And we learn really tangible ways to make that more real. And we learn how to create a mindset that makes it impossible to fail by completely redefining what failure is. And the coolest part is that, you know, this is really a, a blending of the energetic and the practical because they're the same. Because the energetic is a strategy just like anything else. And we can't do the energetic alone. We have to actually know how to show up in the world in physical ways. But we also can't do this without the energetics because... I'm sure you've experienced times where, for example, you made a big change or you did something that was really big for you and you got like sick afterwards or you got, you were like, you crashed afterwards. Maybe you had a really big month in business and then the next month you just crashed. It's a really common pattern and the energetics can really, really help prevent these types of physical crashes, these types of, these sort of side effects of rapid growth. Um, and so we learn... You, through meditation and other energetic practices, we learn how to achieve victory over our anxieties and develop a sense of fearlessness. We learn how to create unlimited energetic possibility in our energetic grids, which is something you can feel in your body and something you can see in the outside world. So I teach a lot of different techniques to really hold space for what you're calling in and recognize that, you know, this is something you are ready for. It's something you have room for. We learn how to build energetic endurance for mass massive shifts, which is like what I just talked about. 
You know, if you have low energetic endurance, you're more likely to get really sick after a big shift or to sabotage it in some way. And I'm not saying you'll never experience those challenges again, but there are a lot of really practical things you can do to tune into yourself, tune into your needs, and make sure you're supported in this process energetically. And then finally, we learn how to use meditation as a tool for absolute focus as you close in on your desires. And again, this is really designed to work with however you learn. You know, some people really visualize things and that works great. Some people like to feel things and that works great. Some people like to see things like in the physical world and that works great too. And so I, I teach you how to use all of these concepts in different ways to really just see like what feels the most natural for me. So what will I actually integrate the best? So if you feel like this is right for you, I would love, love, love to have you join us. I mean, like I said, this is, I put my entire heart and soul into this program and I am so, so clear and confident in its capability to change lives. Of course, you have to be ready to change. And that's not something I can do for you. You know, I can't tell you if it's right for you. I can't tell you that this is what you need. But I can tell you this, if you feel like it might be right for you and you feel like you're intrigued, there's a reason for that. And I really encourage you to follow that reason to the end and join us. So you have until April 26th to join us. Um, In the meantime, I really encourage you to sign up for the free three-part training that I'm hosting um, this coming week from... April 23rd to April 26th. So each day, there's gonna be a one hour training that is going to dive deep into some of these concepts and also introduce some other concepts um, around this idea of of really rapid shifting. So you're gonna get some information that you won't get in the chariot and you'll get a peek into some of the work we'll be doing together in in the four week program as well. So it's a totally free training. There's absolutely no obligation to do anything. Um, It's completely free. And you can sign up for that via the link in the, in the show notes for this um, episode. As always, I really encourage you to reach out. I love, love, love talking to all of you about the changes you're making in your lives and how you're stepping into greater empowerment. You're stepping into greater realization of what you deserve, of what you desire, of the fact that there are no limits for you. I love having these conversations. So as always, you can reach out to me on Instagram anytime at rebirth underscore of Venus. I would love to talk to you. And if you have any questions at all, you can send me a message there as well. So excited to see you this week in the free training. It's called Speed of Light is the name of the free training. So check that out. I can't wait to see you there. And if you feel like the chariot is right for you, I can't wait to see you go so, so, so deep and completely change your life. Because I'm telling you right now, change doesn't have to take a long time. Today can be the day everything changes if you decide. So are you going to decide? I don't want to wait till tomorrow. Let's do this today. Let's do this now. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful, beautiful week. Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, be sure to leave a five-star review in the Apple Podcast app and share it with a friend. I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation on Instagram. DM me at rebirth 
underscore of Venus. And be sure to grab your free ritual guide at rebirthofvenus.com.